Hello to all you wonderful, unique beings. It is Tuesday, September 26th, and we're here to talk about sports. sports. And we'll be doing so every Tuesday. We're switching days up on you uh, just to give you a little bit more fresher take on uh, the things that happened Sunday. Uh, we, we won't be giving you little updates here on Monday. Uh, as that's when we will be recording it, but we will give you, uh, we will be bringing something new and fresh to you guys very, very soon. I know Sam and I are both looking forward to that. Uh, Sam can speak for himself. I don't want to speak for him. Uh, I suggested it. I think it's a great idea. Wow. He suggested it. I did. Wow. That's crazy. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, so now that Sam is lying out of his ass, let's continue with this. Uh, we got a lot of stuff here. Uh, winners and losers. Uh, there's there's some very very unique winners this week, uh, Madden like winners, and that's the Dolphins. If you've been sleeping under a rock, uh, putting up seventy, which I still can't believe <laughs> that happened. Uh, we got some rookies out here that are absolutely crushing. One in particular, uh, some some concussions going on, uh, some Minshew mania maybe. I, I don't I don't know. Uh, you know the Bears are the bad news Bears still. The Cowboys did what the Cowboys do. <laughs> uh, we don't know what the hell the Vikings are doing, and we sure as hell don't know what the Broncos are doing. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong with that, Sam. I'm, I'm not quite sure. It all checks out, man. It's an uh, <laughs> uh, upside-down week in the NFL. Just when we thought at the beginning of Sunday, I was like, ah, this might be a weird, weird week. And it did not surprise. A lot of big upsets, as you mentioned, a lot of... A lot of crazy play and uh, some questionable coaching, which you know we always love to highlight. So uh, that's that's going to be a great time talking about some coaching on this one. I also have my power rankings in this one, and it definitely changed up from last week. I'm sure it probably shocked you, Sam, to see some of the the changes in questions. here. Have some you questions. Have get some questions. Good. I have some answers for you. Uh, then we also have uh, our picks for the week. Uh, to share with you guys a little college football. There was some major upsets, some major situations that were going on here. And uh, also, this week, we're bringing back Do You Care? Uh, so right off rip. So right off rip, we're going to get right into it, Sam. Winners and losers. And <laughs> I got the Dolphins right right off rip with the with the winners. What they did, I had the pleasure of sitting here and watching the game with my father uh, as my family came over to to celebrate uh, on Sunday. And uh, happy while we sitting here way. watching, what was that, happy sir? Belated. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Friend. Appreciate it. Uh, as we were sitting here watching, I, I just could not believe that every time I turned away, there was another score. And my phone is lighting up with Moster scoring or Tyreek Hill doing something. And I'm just like, what is going on? And then I remember just looking because I was eating at that point in time and seeing on my phone flash 70 points. And I said, who the hell has 70 points? It was the Dolphins. I, <laughs> it was the Dolphins putting up 70 points on Sean Payton's Broncos, which we will definitely get to Sean Payton and the Broncos, because I know I have a lot to say, which probably means you do as well, Sam. But uh, Mike McDaniels seems to be every bit of a genius uh, that he was talked up to be. 
Uh, ironically for him, that was his team growing up. He's from Colorado. Uh, he was the ball boy for the Broncos. And when it came time to be in the mix for the head coach, they didn't even interview him. So they he had the opportunity during the game to kick a field goal that would have given them the record to be the highest point scored in a game, and he chose not to. When he could, he didn't. Uh, I I have a funny feeling, Sam, like when he gets like a real interview, he might admit like I really didn't know at that point in time or he's just like, you know, I just really didn't care. Something like that. Like, I know he's going to be a funny soundbite when he really gets to talking about it. Uh, but if he did it purposefully and chose not to do that, uh, much respect for him. Regardless of not doing it anyway, they've already proved their point. Uh, but I, I just that this is the fastest team on turf grass, whatever the case may be. The only thing that's probably going to stop them is inclement weather. I don't see anything stopping this team right now. So uh, that is my first winner. Uh, what are your thoughts, Sam? Um, I, the only thing I think would stop this team is Tua not being healthy. Um, we saw them put up 726 total yards, the most since 1951, as you mentioned, 70 points, the most since 66. Um, and they did it without Jalen Waddle, dude. They did it without arguably one of the best second receivers in the league could be an ace on a handful of teams you know, like he's he's very good he will only get better but yeah um to a i think it was the second play of the game to a tyreek for like 50 plus yards uh it was it was a wild uh wild week for sure Tua started what like 18 for 18 something like that overall he had 309 yards four touchdowns 10 touchdowns in the game 30 first downs four plays over 50 yards it was like madden on rookie like it was just, you know, we've all played those games where you end up winning like 77 to three or something like that. And, and this Turn was the difficulty up if you're getting that. Yeah. Yeah. It's time. It's time to, uh, to, to graduate a little bit there. But, uh, I mean, this is a, a Broncos team that gave up the seventh fewest points last year. I, I saw so, uh, last year is not this year. There's a lot that has changed, but yeah, Sean Payton, uh, had a lot to say in the past about Tua and, and you know that his uh the guy he replaced essentially in, in Denver and he uh probably walked out with his tail between his legs and I, I know you'll you'll get to that as one of your losers coming up, but just the throttling. They took Tua out at some point, right? Like what yep. would this what would they this did look and they like? still kept scoring. <laughs> still kept scoring. So it didn't even matter. I, I think if like if it was Belichick and he was playing like the Jets, the Ravens or the Colts, like just trying to think what the score really would have been, but um, you know, kudos to McDaniel for you know this classy move. Whether he knew about the record or not, it's not like a commonly known record, right? So, right. Uh, who knows what was funneled in? But yeah, it was thirty-five to three at halftime. So. Yeah, enough. They did enough. They they killed enough. That that was just great. Uh, your first pick has been your first winner has been doing fairly well too. Uh, after who left, uh, good old cheese town out there. Uh, the Packers is your pick. Why so, Sam? Well, because you took the Dolphins, and rightfully so. That I mean, I I originally had the Dolphins, but I didn't 
put it down. But hey, Green Bay scored 18 unanswered points. They were down 17. Ended up winning, right? Eight, uh, 18 and 17. But Derek Carr got hurt for the Saints. Hopefully, you know, it looks like maybe he's week to week. Um, but the the Packers uh, were down two scores, and they uh, they won for two. It worked out. They looked good. Jordan Love made the throws he needed to make when he when he needed to make them. And uh, recurring theme here from the the Dolphins: the Packers were without Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, and I don't think Jair Alexander played either. You know, one of the better defensive backs in the league. So, uh, you know, it, it wasn't a pretty game for the Packers, but they got it done. And uh, Jordan Love's first start in Lambeau too, which is pretty cool. Uh, Jordan Love, his it's it's something that the Packers are doing up there. I don't know why this process works, and it seems to work only for them. Uh, but they are trusting the process of allowing the quarterback that they draft to sit behind their heir apparent, I guess, in this situation, right, and just learn. Uh, he it went from Favre to Rodgers, and currently, right now, Jordan Love, because we obviously don't know it's only three games into the season. We don't know what it's going to be uh, by the end of the season or moving forward. But thus far, Jordan Love had his moment of, I am him, and this is my team. Uh, what he did in that fourth quarter was nuts. Uh, was able to rush, was able to, wasn't looking too accurate earlier in the game. And then the accuracy, just like like my man washed his face and got the coal out of his eye and was like, okay, I can see the whole field now, and just started slinging. And uh, they they were able to pull it out. I, I absolutely love the love for Jordan Love, and it's been um, it's been really really nice to see. And, and and you know I'm a big big advocate for quarterbacks or just players in general sitting and getting the time to be acclimated in the system, right? Also, a lot of things don't move in a place like Green Bay. They keep they keep the coaches and coach staff intact which allows the players to get acclimated and learn the systems instead of that that ever evolving change which is why you see a lot of these teams that that have so much change never really have true cohesion is because you're learning a new system yes football is football but it's different terminology uh different ways that plays around and so on and so forth so i do love that they are keeping this the way that it is and it's working out for him um yeah, while i say that you have Go the ahead. benefit of Hall of Famers in front of you too that you can't necessarily bench. So, um, absolutely, it, it's worked out. But yeah, the system is yeah, it's working out for sure. Uh, hopefully, uh, it works out if Aaron Rodgers comes back for the Jets and hey. maybe your guys at Wilson to do it. Uh, maybe not. Uh, but I know a team that's trying to build culture is the Texans, and uh, it, it looks like it is starting to work after being. Uh, uh, the the butt of everybody jokes last year, and it's and Sam and I talked about it right here on this podcast of how they were essentially tanking for Bryce, or and then they end up playing themselves out of Bryce. But right now, Sam, it seems like this was the best thing for him because C.J. Stroud has absolutely been balling, and I, it's whether you're watching his stats and what he's doing in real life. And then uh, if you're a fantasy owner and it picks him up, he's still sitting in my league, uh, not picked up, which that might change. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but what he's doing out there, spinning the ball. I mean, you got him throwing to tank bell. Who's, who's also another pleasant surprise out there. Uh, it is, this is looking really, really, really good. 
uh, what they did in the draft. You and I said that they were absolutely one of the winners uh, of this year's draft because uh, they did get Will Anderson, uh, which is which is. It's just so crazy to see what they they have done and what they will be doing and continue to do. But just for a young guy to come in and just spin the ball the way he has uh, and and will this Texans team against a great Jaguars team who we believe would be in in the postseason, uh, this says a lot for this young team, and I I think they're extremely promising. Yeah, uh, Colts are number one in the South there, and, and Texans are right behind them. Did not think we left these teams for dead to begin the year. Trading that first round pick for Will Anderson doesn't look too bad if you're not if you're not going to be a bottom mm-hmm. team here. But first win for uh, former Eagle linebacker D'Amico Ryan, like and you know head coach now of the Texans. There, Stroud uh, became the third quarterback to throw 900 yards in his first three uh, starts, joining 2021 Offensive Rookie of the Year Justin Herbert and some guy named Cam Newton. So not bad company there. Uh, yeah, sky's the limit for Stroud. Just the touch on the ball was great. The team was raving about him after uh, tight end Brevin Jordan had a lot of really nice things to say, like basically like, you know, getting the second pick worked for us. Like it, yeah. this, he's the dude. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everyone's buying in. And, and again, the culture that, Ryan brought to is bringing to Houston is what Houston needs, especially after you know last few years and the end of Bill O'Brien and all that. So uh, kudos to this team; they're playing hard, and it's uh, shown. I w- I will say it does. I don't think you could have gone wrong with either uh, Bryce Young or him. I I don't think either way. I, th- I think it's just going to take Bryce a little bit longer because of his height, um, which has always been a knock on him. But he's he's done what he's had to do. But he's just got to get. He's such a smart. Young man, he just has to get acclimated to the NFL and the speed, and I and obviously account for the small windows that he has due to his height. But I think once he gets it, he's going to be pretty unstoppable. But they just also got to protect him down there in Carolina. But that's a whole other situation. A guy that uh, we've talked about not protecting himself uh, seemed to uh, protect the ball going into the end zone uh, this week, and it's Sam's other winner, which is. Uh, the real New York team, sorry, Sam, because they are the only team actually in New York, uh, would be the Bills. Yeah, uh, they beat the Commanders 37-3. to Sorry, Dave. Uh, yeah, it, uh, I don't know if, you know, the Bills just played played great. Sam Howell looked like a fifth-round pick after having, you know, a nice, uh, nice couple weeks to start the season there. And I think it, this is only like his fourth start, right? Um but he threw four picks. He was sacked nine times. Excellent. Nine times. Uh, he was sacked ten times the first two games. So that line is certainly a problem. But they were able to to win those earlier games. Uh, and, and then I saw this stat and I was like, wow. They went to the red zone only twice. And both times, uh, they it was only a two-possession game. They came away with no points either of those times. It, the last point of the game was... Oh, the fifty-nine minutes of the game, they had no points. Fair. Okay. So it was it was a rough uh, week again. They lost thirty-seven to three. Again, this is probably more of a lo- the Commanders being losers, but just shows you how good this Bills defense has been or yeah. is, is playing. And uh, you know they you know put up thirty-seven points on a defense that I think we both think is underrated and pretty good. Uh, so rough week there, uh, Washington, and I heard like. 
fifty percent of the fans were in Bills jerseys. So Bills not, Bills travel well. Yeah, they, they definitely travel well. I I I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I I feel like this is still the same offensive line that was there last year. Uh, and if that's the case, that's the same offensive line that gave up eleven sacks uh, with Carson Wentz under the helm against the Eagles last year. So. Uh, they're not susceptible to allowing their quarterback get hit, uh, so that clearly needs it needs to be changed. Uh, however, that happens. But uh, for what Josh Allen did, uh, you know, kind of pushing the critics to the side and was able to spin the pigskin the way that he did. Uh, he was he was definitely using digs the way that you should. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, I I, I definitely I, I definitely know there's still a contender. Uh, and the Bills, it's just sometimes they just don't put it together. And, and this week, they absolutely did put it together. So uh, I'm curious to see how that continues to go. Uh, but we'll we'll obviously keep you guys updated and uh, as we go on. But uh, Sam has an honorable mention here, uh, and he has the Colts. And why do you have the Colts, Sam? They, with a backup quarterback, as um, you may know, Gardner Minshew was your backup quarterback there in Philly for, for a bit. Um, they beat the Ravens. They beat. The Ravens was it was an overtime, right? And uh, yes, it was an Matt overtime. Gay becomes the first kicker ever to have four field goals from fifty yards or more, ever. Like that's uh, Justin Tucker hasn't done that. Like mm. so, it was a it was a big day uh, there for him. But this, you know, give it to uh, Shane Steichen, your your former offensive coordinator, and getting that team ready to play without the dynamic threat of Anthony Richardson and uh, team still played great zach moss looked fantastic um you know uh running the ball and they're they're in a good spot as i just mentioned they're uh ahead of the uh the afc south there and then jonathan taylor might be back in a couple weeks and that's that's huge especially how they're they're playing so far so that i just wanted to squeeze the colts in there didn't think i would be doing that but it's you know they they were impressive uh yesterday yeah, there was a couple of plays during that game that uh, a couple of running plays that I looked and I said, I know Jonathan Taylor's at home screaming like, see what you could have done if I was there. I would have easily gotten those two yards that you guys uh, are struggling to get. Uh, yeah, Gardner Minshew, I mean, he's a he's a he's to me, he's always going to be a good backup quarterback. Yep. I don't believe he's a starting quarterback like he's going to have good games. Uh, I, I mean, I feel he could, if he spent some time out there for a while, he'd probably get a better gist of it. Just like anything, you, you're in the role of, of your role uh, at work and you get better at it if you choose to or not. Um, but I mean, I've also watched Gardner do what he did against the Cowboys last year for the Eagles, and it was not great, right? Yeah. Uh, he had he had flashes of being great and not. I just hope that uh, our boy Anthony Richardson can just get back uh, because that was the real. I was so looking forward to that game. I'm seeing Lamar and him uh, go against each other, even though they're obviously not affecting one another as they're going against each other. So I was looking forward to that. I, I also want to say, even though as we go into losers, uh, I don't Lamar at times makes it really hard to defend him. Uh, and watching that game, I'm saying, well, they have the backup quarterback. Uh, yes, I know you have a lot of players down. But that game was extremely winnable for the Ravens. And some of the bonehead passes that Lamar did, and then also that late sack that he took 
where his knee hit the ground and he threw it away late. And it was question because I was watching live. I was just like, what is Lamar doing? Get rid of the ball. So you're not even this close to it. And it ended up screwing them. Um, yeah, I don't know what needs to happen. Uh, somebody needs to get in his ear. A veteran needs to get in his ear. Like, we don't need you to do that. We know you're great. If you see it, do it. If you don't, pull it down, run. And if you see that that's not good, throw it away. Like, we don't need that extra yardage against us. Like, it's not, they're not a team that's proven that we can just make up that yardage by any chance. But uh, I just wanted to to throw that in there because it, it was definitely bothering me seeing that uh what's also bothering me uh seeing it is uh my nephew's bears because they are a train wreck sam it is hard to watch anything that's going on there i mean this this past week we heard justin fields basically uh not basically he flat out said it was the coaching uh he said maybe it's the coaching but we obviously know what he meant um you're hearing everybody talking about how the coaches aren't catering the plays to him. Uh, and and then you're seeing other players on the opposing team talking to offensive players like DJ Moore and saying, they're not using you right. And DJ Moore agreeing. So we're seeing these things going on. And it, it, something's got to give at some point, Sam. It, it's it, it went from a lot of talk about people thinking that Justin Field was going to be into the MVP conversation. And again, as I said last week, and I'll probably say to week five, there's still a whole lot of time left to kind of figure this out and what this is going to be. I just don't know. Actually, I'm flat out say it. I don't think they have enough time to figure it out. <laughs> I don't think they're going to figure it out this season at all. Um, he's not protected. And when he is protected, uh, he he looks super indecisive. He, he looks scared for the consequences of throwing the ball. And that's not going to help uh, your starting quarterback get the job done. I don't know what has to give, Sam. Uh, I think they need to have a real uh, closed-door conversation uh, and be real with each other about what needs to happen because this ain't it. And it's unfortunate that this ain't it, but this is what we're seeing. Yeah, they've they've lost 12 straight going back to last year now. Uh, this just institutional failure, you know, <laughs> We spent years railing on Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, right? And mm-hmm. now there's a new regime in there and kind of just seems like you could swap out the new regime for Matt Nagy and it would be the same conversation. Uh, I Look, what's been the biggest bugaboo for this team forever has been the offensive line. Lack of skilled players, too. But, um, you know, with DJ Moore, they, they aren't using him right. This guy's no. unfortunately has a whole career of not being used right <laughs> since Cam left, uh, since Cam left Carolina or got hurt, um, that, that Liz Frank, um, injury, right. And, and it's basically was done in Carolina there. That sucks. Cause he's a dynamic player, but, uh, Justin Fields has been sacked over a hundred times in less than three seasons. That's terrible. Like two seasons and three games. Or that's, however, whenever he started, that's crazy. And you you can't get that done. I don't know how many times the Chiefs went after him or got him or rushed him. I didn't look at those stats, but they were in the back they were in the in the in his grill all all game. Chris Jones, I know got him got him down a bunch of times. He yeah, you're right. He looks scared. He's holding the ball way too long. Way too long. And he's not throwing the ball downfield. And we talked about that last week and 
yeah, this team's this team's is broken. It just seems like, and I don't know what the fix is. You asked the question. I don't know. Um, just sitting, just sitting back and you know taking a breather. Help? I don't. I don't know. Uh, at this point, it just seems like they're going backwards. Uh, they were already at the at the bottom, right? They had the first pick in the draft last year for a reason, and we're I seeing that for- they didn't improve. I think yeah they didn't. I thank them because they chose chose not to choose a person that's on my particular team, and I thank them for that because they definitely needed the DT. So, shout out to the Bears. Uh, and uh, you got the Cowboys, which always seems to be in the headlines, no matter what they do. Great. Uh, why do you have the Cowboys as a loser? I'm pretty sure I I know why, but they went. Uh, into Arizona after just beating the brakes off of two New York teams. I think they were like 70 to 10 is what they, the two New York teams scored against them or it was the combined score. Uh, so they go into this team uh, game, 12 and a half point road favorites mm-hmm. and they lost 28 to 16. It never really felt close, even though Dallas had more total yards, more first downs, more passing yards and held the ball for almost 10 minutes more mm-hmm. and they lost. They were penalized 107 yards, 13 penalties. You're not going to win football that way. Also what made, um, what made this defense look so great aside, they lost Trayvon Diggs. Didn't get to talk about that ACL injury. Huge. Cause he's such a dynamic defensive back as we know. Uh, but Arizona ran for 200 and plus yards off of them. And they were shutting down Saquon and uh, Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall and, and previous weeks there. You're not going well, football games with with that. Well, let's not breeze over the fact of Diggs. You, talk, you just talked about it. Let's talk yeah. about how big of an impact that is. He, he's led the league in interceptions, I believe, the past three years. Uh, and they now don't have him. They went out this offseason, got Stefan Gilmore to be on the opposite side. So it forced, and it, their plan was to force teams to have to throw no matter what. You're going to have to throw. And if you do it, you're going, you got a guy on one side that is going to be a Hall of Famer in Stefan Gilmore. And you have a guy in Trayvon Diggs who's arguably the best corner, uh, one of the best corners in the league. And then you have Micah Parsons, who is just wrecking your whole line and not giving you time to throw the ball. So you're going to have to be uh, on par with your passes. Now that takes a huge element out of their defense. And I was curious to see what this defense was going to be like after losing that, because that's a that's one of the leaders of your team that is now not there for the rest of the season. Uh, Micah said the right things. You know, we're we're going to do this for you. Right. You're supposed to you know, a pickup for your brothers. And I, I respect that, but they didn't look like they picked up at all. And uh, to, to see the defense and allow the Cardinals with Romeo Dobbs, right? Romeo Dobbs, Josh yep. Dobbs, right? Romeo. Josh oh, Dobbs. Josh Dobbs is Josh the quarterback Dobbs. for the, uh, yep. Josh Dobbs out here slinging it against him, looking like he's been a starter for, for years. Uh, and this defense that is considered to be one of the best defense did not show up at all. I don't know. And, and, it's, and again, it's one game. I don't know if this, they, they have an opportunity to make adjustments, but if this is what the defense is going to look like now going forward, they are going to be in a world of trouble because 
what is now going to happen is you're saying that, well, we can't stop these other teams from scoring. Now that means we're going to have to have Dak. We're going to put the ball in Dak's hands more. And their whole plan was to kind of take the ball out of Dak's hands so it lessened the interception portion, which I'm sure you're probably going to get to, especially what happened in the game. But I, I just really yeah. want to talk on, on the digs portion. Oh, no, it's, not a, take it's, away a huge, it's a huge loss, and Gilmore looked exposed. There were some big, you know, big shots he gave up there. Yeah, three minutes or so left in the game, and Dak threw a pick on in the end zone, right from like the five or somewhere, wherever he threw it. Uh, can't have that. Definitely, definitely not. But what's what's troubling aside from the the penalty yards? Yeah, they were without Zach Martin, Tyrone Smith, and um, their center, the the guy from Wisconsin. Um, they they were without like so that whole line side of the line was well I guess Martin plays the other side whatever they were out three big pieces on that at line but still they led in total yards first downs passing yards and most importantly time of possession yep. by ten minutes almost ten minutes yep. yep can't you can't lose that game can't can't lose the game they did and I, I will say. <laughs> For the Cardinals, another honorable mention there. We left this team for dead too. That one score games, they they almost beat the Commanders and they had a brutal loss to the Giants, but they they were within one score. They were leading in the fourth quarter all of these games. So, well, even um, though I can't stand Jonathan Gannon, he's going to make yeah. that defense play and he's going to make them play fast. And the person that had the interception is a guy that came over from the Eagles last year with Gannon, uh, and that was Kaiser White who. Blatantly called after he had the pick. <laughs> blatantly looked at Dak and told him that you're a bum. He said you bum, which I could not stop laughing, Sam. Um, and, and then you, it, it's he had the experience, which I should have thought about this too going into that game. That he had the experience playing twice a year for the past couple of years against the Cowboys, so he knows them very, very well and knows that roster very, very well. So I should have thought about that. I didn't because I don't think about Gannon and I definitely don't think about the Cardinals. Uh, but I did want to bring something up about Dak since we were talking about this. Um, did you hear his post game interview? I didn't. No. Okay. So Dak said some some stuff that I, it really stood out to me, uh, and it, it it I want to hear what your thoughts are before I give what it what it made me feel like. But Dak said the following. He said, "Y'all put us on top of the world talking about the media." Or whatnot. He said, we knew who we are. In the same sense, I'm sure the media got what it wanted. For us, there hadn't been but one undefeated team. It sucks. It's humbling. But to say it's a wake-up call, we knew we had a lot of adversity and we just didn't get it done. It, go it just goes back to myself. The offense in the red zone we get better there. We win the game, uh, but we got to fix that area, period. So now that I've read that to you, what are your thoughts on that? They, if they need to, if he needs to, they need to play the victim kind of thing <laughs> uh, to like to get up in the morning and, and to play football. If they need to do that, fine. They're the Dallas Cowboys. Their owner shoots himself in the foot enough and puts it on the, the yep. team's yep. back. But this is part of, you know, you're a quote America's team, right? It's you kind of, so you want all the praise when 
you're winning. Things are really high. The first mm-hmm. two weeks, it was, you know, let's book our ticket to Vegas. We're going to the Super Bowl. And now it's like, whoa, hold on, guys. You you said this, not us. And yeah, no one's going to, they're not going to go out there and Dak's not going to say, like, we're the best. He, he would never say that. But nah, I wouldn't know, say you never. You, you can't have it both ways, man. You just, again, we I say it all the time on this podcast. Like, it, talk your shit if you're, if you can back it up. And the first two weeks of the season, I still think they're going to be a really good team, a better team than I expected them to be. I don't think like, I don't think, you know, let's, let's toss the Cowboys out. Like, no, they'll be right there if they continue to, to play how we know we've seen them play this year. But this was just an ugly loss. It kind of just seemed like a trap game. Like they, they just weren't bought into it because Arizona is on paper is pretty bad, but well, he he essentially said, uh, or Mike, I think it was Micah said it. Yeah, Micah said it. Um, basically, that we played down to the competition. So you guys are saying that the media, this is what the media wanted. You guys put us there, and we played down to the competition. The Cardinals beat you. You had. Like you just said, Sam, they were leading basically in all the places that they needed to lead in to win, and the Cardinals beat you. They didn't. You didn't play down to them. You controlled the game, and you still lost. So you didn't play down to it. This is what you did. So I, I just, I, I just find it funny that 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 was the the response, and this is why it's you got. They find it so hard to believe that people hate the Cowboys so much. It's like, but you give them ammunition like this. This is why people hate you is because you say things like this. So when you to Sam's point, when you're good, you're good and everything is whatever they're talking, all this stuff. We're just going to roll with it. You didn't deny any of it when it was going around. Right. When you were winning and everybody was putting you in the Super Bowl already. You didn't do any of that. Now you lose as well. You guys put us there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Dak. Like the Cowboys are a lightning rod. Right. Of course. There's. It's been this way forever. It's it will always be this way. It seems like, or at least as long as Jerry is, you know, and, and owns his team. But again, that's what you guys want. No one's no one's running away from it when, as you just said, when you know when life is good. Yep. So just Sweet. own it when when life isn't as good. Again, this is still a really good team. I think they just got trapped, and maybe this Cardinal team is a little better than than we thought because so far. Again, not they haven't, in hindsight, beat stellar competition, but or come close to beating. But um, it's it's been a interesting couple of weeks there in Arizona. I'm I'm gonna start to put them as a dark horse because I honestly do feel when Kyler comes back, they are going to be better than people actually think they are. I just well, they're doing just it. Do. Now. Yeah, they're doing it now with Josh Dobbs. So exactly, I think they're just gonna be better if, than they are. So I don't think you rush Kyler horse. though. I I just unless nah, you really absolutely have, not a chance here, but presently speak, I don't know. He, they, they said he's not going to return in week five when he's eligible to, which Fair. makes all the sense in the world yeah. when he tears knee up November. So, I mean like that, that totally makes sense, but here's your $200 million quarterback. You gotta, gotta protect him, especially when it's not so sunny in, in Arizona. Uh, well, they're, they're prospects right now. So. Well, speaking of protection, uh, the Broncos need a whole lot of protection in all facets of the game. Um, and the place that needs the most protection is Sean Payton's mouth uh, because this this loss is on him. This wasn't on Russell. 
We heard a whole lot about Russell throughout the whole offseason. Did we not, Sam? Is Russell yeah. is Russell oh, yeah. going to be this guy? Russell needs to stop kissing the babies. It was Nathaniel Nathaniel Hackett sucked as a coach. All this I've stuff. Never, yeah, I've never heard a head coach talk about poorly about the previous head coach. Well, he or talk he, about in general. He forgot where he was. He forgot where he was. He thought he was still doing media, and you're not doing media anymore, brother. Um, you you I I wanted him to take accountability uh, for this loss because this loss is on him. It, there, there was 70 points were put on your head. It was never put on Nathaniel Hackett's head, who was apparently, according to you, the worst coach ever. He never had 70 points put on his head, but you had 70 points put on yours. And you would have had the most put on yours if McDaniels didn't kick, if McDaniels kicked that field goal, because it would have happened. But yet, when he was questioned by media, he really took no accountability. He didn't say that was on me. This can't happen. He just essentially said things got to be fixed. It was an it, ugly game to watch or something. It, yeah, ugly, yeah. Ugly no, no accountability whatsoever. But yet, as we know, he's going to he's he's been holding Russell accountable. He's, you know, sure as hell he's going to hold the defense accountable for what they just did or didn't do. Right. But he didn't hold himself. And the opportunity that he had to hold himself accountable, he didn't. So, Mr. Tough Guy, what are you going to do now? Your team has been in shambles. You can't blame Russell for this one. I also do feel, to my other point, I don't think this team believes in Russell at all. I think this team is super cashed out on Russell, and they just want this kind of to be over. And I I think that's going to have, at some point, is going to change. Um, it's going to have to change, but I, I don't believe this was on him. At all. I don't feel it was on him. There's nothing he did in this particular game, especially to let that happen. I just, it, it just, man, it, it was really, really bad to watch that game and see what was going on. Patrick, Patrick Sertan Jr., who was one of the better corners, was just getting tore up out yeah. there, which says a whole lot because that doesn't really happen. Uh, he had, he allowed four receptions for 99 yards and a touchdown on five targets. Tyreek Hill. That was the most he has ever allowed to a wide receiver in his career. And Sertan shadowed him 61.9% of the time. AKA, nobody can guard Tyreek Hill. Period. Dude, I heard this stat um, or from, from CBS Sports, and I guess it's from Next Gen Stats. You know, we mentioned before Tua went 18 for 18. These were basically, and I don't know this stat too well, but his average completion probability was almost 81%. Jeez. On those 18 shots. So that means he's being, or McDaniel is scheming them up, slash Tua is finding them in high percentage situations Mm -hmm. and they're getting open. And that just, and and the same plays kept happening over and over again. That's a really good scheme. Yeah. And that's a really poor scheme. Yeah. On Denver's part. And Vance Joseph, who their former I, I still can't believe he's their defensive coordinator after he got fired from yeah. the Broncos years earlier. But you know, he'll probably be thrown under the bus here. But I mean I, he, he definitely a, needs to take blame in this for sure though, Sam. Yeah. For here's, sure. Here's a Sam Favada stat. 
<laughs> I was looking this up after the game was over. I was talking uh, to my buddy, and uh, Nathaniel Hackett, the Jets' offensive coordinator, didn't give up 70 points in a game until into week four. Through three games, he gave up, his defense gave up 68 points, and their differential was negative two. So they scored um, 66 points during that time. Peyton's differential is negative 53 right now. He's given up 122 points in three weeks. And that differential still isn't even the worst in the league at Chicago. But, and now these two guys face each other next week in a game that I guess we have to talk about in, in a couple minutes. But, uh, uh. Yeah, rough. yeah, it's ugly in Denver. And you're right; I don't see it getting uh, getting any better. But maybe, maybe the clock is ticking on on Russ uh, because he also is not part of this new ownership regime. Yeah, they didn't choose him. They handpicked Peyton, and uh, you know, and and they were stuck with this huge contract for Russ. And you know, so we'll we'll see there. But it's it, it's not pretty in Denver right now. I do want to thank before you go to your. Your last uh, loser. I do want to thank Russ for saying that he didn't want to play for the Eagles when there was a deal done for him. Uh, it was all but done, and he chose that not to go to the Eagles, and he went to the Broncos. I thank you, Russ. I appreciate you so much, brother. Thank you very Can you much. Imagine that. No, I don't want to imagine it. I'm very, very happy it didn't happen. I didn't want when there was rumors about it. I didn't want it then, and I'm so glad it never happened. Um, uh, what I'm sure. Uh, Vikings fans are not glad uh, that happened is the continuation of losing close games. And you have them as your loser this week, Sam, which seems something they are very accustomed to. Yeah, it was, it was ugly. The chargers even managed to charger this one up. You mean uh, Brandon Staley, Brandon Staley uh, was not, was not, Oh, I guess he was in rare form. Uh, <laughs> The Vikings just couldn't capitalize on it because they ended up losing 28 to 24 and they were leading or the, um, no, they didn't lose. It was 28 to 24. There was under two minutes left and Staley ends up going for it on his own, like 20, which is just insane. Especially when the game is, you know, less than a, less than a touchdown there. Um, so they ran it. It went nowhere. So then Minnesota got all the way down to the six yard line and they couldn't convert, as you know, through a through a pick in the uh in the end zone there, and uh the game was over there. Um this is a team, Minnesota, that was eleven and zero in one score games last year. And that was a huge part of their success. And it it doesn't look good. They are 0 and three, they're winless. This is a team that many um thought would be the favorite out of the NFC North. And again, they're 0-3. So only six teams have started 0-3 and made the playoffs since 1966. Only six teams. And so it's not looking good. Um, and they're a team without a win. So, yeah. Well, it's not surprising. Um, I, I, I've, I've shared with you, I've shared on here uh, that, Kirk Cousins and Dak are very, very similar. Uh, regardless if you want to believe it or not, stats prove it. Uh, and when it comes to these big games, seems like they both choke. Uh, and I say that respectfully. I, I, I've never played football and been a quarterback. I never started, never did anything like that. And I definitely have never played 
in the NFL. And I know it takes a lot and I know it's the hardest position. So I'm going to give them respect before I say what I really feel about saying is I understand that, that that position is hard, but at what point do these teams realize that these guys are not the guys, right? They're not the guys that have that it factor that are going to get them over the hump because we've seen now a catalog for Dak and Kurt. And each time they get to these big games or they have these mystery games that they just don't show up, they still continue to be that. The Cowboys were working on an extension for Dak to potentially have him making $50 million a year. I'm telling you right now, if I'm a Cowboys fan and I'm hearing that that extension is being worked out, I'm saying, what the hell are you doing? Because when is he going to prove that he's that guy that's going to get us the next step? Because if not, it's still going to be the same thing over and over again. Kirk Cousins, it seems to be the same thing now. Now, I I feel that the way that this keeps going, um, and at one point, it looked like J.J., Justin Jefferson, had a serious injury during that game. Yeah, The way they move, and I'm so happy that he was able to walk off and he was fine uh, because it scared the hell out of me. Right. But I'm telling you right now, Sam, if that happened, they 100% were trading Kirk Cousins and he was probably going to your team. And I still wouldn't be surprised if they, if they yeah. try to do it. I still wouldn't be. To, to push, I guess, not push back on the whole, like, one of these guys' teams going to realize these aren't the guys. Like, you've been adamant for throughout, and we've had this podcast the entire Zach Wilson tenure. Like, he needs to play. He needs to play. Why are we pulling the plug on? guys so early in the NFL and it's not a Zach Wilson statement it's just a a general statement that you bring up a lot and it's fair I think the counterpart to that is aside from Kirk Cousins was on a ridiculous pace the first two games to put what like 6,000 yards up or something insane uh which you know he won't but it's really hard to get a franchise quarterback and I something I've been or I've been saying forever as a Jets fan who's never had one. Uh, look at look at the Giants since Eli was gone. Look at I mean, you've you struck gold with with Jalen Hurts. You thought could have been Carson Wentz, uh, but before that, you know it's it's really hard to do this. It's really hard to get these guys. And I think when you have, you know, they may not have that it factor, and there's certainly things they're missing. But it's better than for a lot of teams, especially teams that want to keep their jobs, personnel that want to keep their jobs, than just like, okay, at what point are you saying, all right, this doesn't work? Jack has been with the Cowboys since 2016. Yeah, right. We are here in 2023. And has he gone far in the playoffs? No, uh, what like one playoff win, right? Did they okay. even win? Did right. they even now? Kirk Cousins know. was drafted in 2012. Yeah, the RG3 draft. Yep. How far has he been in the playoffs? I was it like, did they lose a t- Did he lose the title game? I don't remember. He had that bad game. I remember who he played, but probably not too far. So really these bad are in two, prime time. So, I get it. I get it. So so to your point, if you get it, then my point is with these guys, when you use Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson has not been in the league for long. 
period, compared to these guys. And Third yes, yeah. your your point is absolutely valid. Yes, when you get some a guy that uh, can be a stable quarterback within your system and still move the needle, um, you want to keep that around. But at what point do you say, okay, we've had you with this team since – we, we, you've been in this league since 2012. You've been in this league since 2016. When are you going to take that step? Because they, it, they've had enough. Both of them have had enough time to do this. Their contracts say that, hey, you are that guy that we trust to take us to the next level. And their contract and their play, yes, their play during the regular season has been great. But when the time matters, what happens? Yes, everybody said last year it was an anomaly that Dak – through 11 interceptions because prior to that, he did not do that, but it seems to be a consistent problem. It seems to be a consistent problem when he gets into the playoffs that they don't go any further. And it always comes back to Dak in those key plays. They need him to step up. He doesn't do it. It's the same with Kirk cousins. So yes, they are great people to have them to get them through the regular season and get them the position to get into the playoffs. But as you know, and I know, and most people know that watch football religiously, the quarterback is the person that is going to get you to the next step most of the time. There's obviously the the anomalies There's that outliers, are, right. are yeah, correct, right? But I'd say ninety percent of the time, it's the quarterback that's going to get you to the next spot. At what point the the Cowboys have the Cowboys and the Vikings both have a Super Bowl roster, right? They both have a Super Bowl roster, but the thing that seems to keep failing at times which obviously there's other things that have blamed in, in certain situations, but in, in the big games when you need your quarterback to do what they're supposed to do, both of these guys had done the opposite of what they need to do. So at what point do you say, okay, well, what is our plan now? I, right. So I don't know at what point do you want to be like, well, we have to move on from Dak. This team clearly, as we saw the first two weeks of the season, and neither of us are counting out the Cowboys. It's just yeah. no, 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 these no. games I happen. If anyone thought yeah. there were, yeah, if anyone yeah. thought any team was going seventeen and zero in this NFL, you're, you know, you're out of your mind. Yeah, you're out of your mind. You're crazy. But at what point do they say, "All right, Dak," and what and what's the option? What was the option for Minnesota again going into the season? Thought this team was going to be a hell of a lot better and in a weaker quote NFC where all the top quarterbacks and all the big offenses are in the AFC figured it wouldn't take much to get a good run. Like what were these teams to do? Well, other I'll, com- than I'll combat that. Do you think that they, every team we just talked about Rogers at the top of the show, leaving green Bay. He is a MVP, a multiple time MVP, a super bowl winner. And he left after all that they had, and they put faith into Jordan Love. They sat him for years behind him, and look what he's doing now, right? Before Dak started, who was ahead of him? Tony Romo. Tony Romo, if you talk to Cowboys fans, Cowboys fans still wish Tony Romo was still out there throwing the ball. And they Tony Romo got hurt, even with T.O.'s being on the team and, and the team that they had that could have won Super Bowls as well, too. Nobody knew what Dak was going to be. Look what Dak is no one, now, right? Dak was not a, drafted to be the franchise quarterback. He was exactly. Like a round pick. He had a nice senior year at Mississippi State. Yes. But that was it. But that's um, my point. See, I think it's revisionist history with Romo because we all love Tony Romo on TV, and he's probably the best color analyst in football. Uh, he's really good. Ah, uh, but used I, to be. 
it's revisionist history though i mean from the the botched place uh holding to like just yeah. not coming up flat in in big moments i mean cowboy fans love him and will always love him but we were having these same type of conversations with him again it's the lightning rod of being the cowboy quarterback but, but what were you going to do but, but i understand not paying dak again but that's but you're saying exactly you're Take a step back, and you're saying the same thing that I'm saying because you just said there's revisionist history with Tony Romo. Tony Romo, and you just said it yourself, which is why I brought it up, Dak is doing the same thing that Tony Romo did, and they moved on. And that's why I said, at what point do you move on? They moved on from Tony, and they got Dak, and Dak did well, and now Dak is doing essentially the same thing. So it's what point do you move on again? Now you got to move the needle because we need that guy. You talked about Carson Wentz. The Eagles won the Super Bowl. Obviously, they had they changed what they had to do with Carson Wentz. When Carson Wentz came back, he was not the same person. You don't think they they gave him ample chances to do what he had to do? Oh yeah, totally. And still nothing, right? So it's you were saying you are essentially saying the same thing as I am. It's just it's it's I'm I don't want to make it come off as like it's just easy as well well we can go get another quarterback i don't i don't think that and i know you know i don't think that but you don't think that at what point do and that's the question i'm asking like what at what point do you look at everything and say okay we got to do something well now i think it's and i think you would agree with me if this minnesota team continues to trend the way that it's yeah it's it's curtain's time yeah you blow it up i agree agree. don't he's he's walking anyway Mm mm-hmm um, yep. most likely unless a, you know, historic turnaround comes around and he, I, I mean, the stats, the stats are, are good. He's playing good football. He, he has no running game. No, absolutely. No, no. Game. they traded for cam Akers. That's not going to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I don't know if you've seen cam Akers post Achilles <laughs> injury, uh, but yeah. it's not going to help you. And, you know, Madison just clearly is not the same running back as he was when he was backing up down. Should have paid cook. So, yeah, no, I, I, we're both saying the same thing. I understand that. I'm just saying it's, it's not like you can just like snap your fingers and get a new. No, I, I, I don't I think that. So but I, I, it's interesting to see what the Cowboys do. I don't know when Dax deals up, but like what the, this team's prepared to win now, you know, so who's going to do that for them? If it's not, I, I, I feel that's been the Cowboys thing for quite some time is they have on paper, they have guys that outside of the quarterback that they're prepared to do that. I'm talking from the Tony Romo Dak era. They've had, they've had these yeah, teams that, right could, that could contend and do all this stuff. You had some phenomenal wide receivers on both of these teams and, and defensive players. And yet it boils down to the quarterback again. And that's just been, uh, their quorum or their trials and tribulations so far. So I, I'm, I, yeah, I don't think Kirk Cousins blew this game for them, but he's just not. He's I don't not think he blew it either. But it, I mean, it's also Jones isn't either. He didn't blow it, but he also didn't win it for him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was the same thing. He didn't blow it, but he didn't win it. You know what I mean? So and that's that's how the quarterback position is scrutinized. Is are you the guy that's going to win us the game? We talked about Jordan Love. He won them the game in the fourth quarter. He willed them to get that. It was like, this is me. When are they going to do that type thing, right? So, 
I, I've talked more than enough about the yeah, Chiefs and, and the Cowboys. Um, yeah, Kirk uh, Cousins is projected still to throw for sixty-one hundred yards and fifty-one touchdowns <laughs> based on the pace from the first three yeah. games. Nuts. Uh, you have an honorable mention of the Giants. <laughs> uh, real, yeah, real quick. I don't know if you saw the game on th- Thursday. Uh, the Giants through first three first halves of the season have been outscored sixty-three to six. Here's your forty million dollar man's time to to do something. You know, you paid him instead of Saquon. Mm-hmm. Not that Saquon's been great, but and he's not even on the field. But sixty-three to six, you've been outscored in three first halves, and uh, it's not going to get done. That's it. That's all. I I said before about the Giants. I will say it again. Uh, the Giants had one of the easier schedules last year, and you can already see with a tougher schedule. Um, it is not working out too well for them thus far. Obviously the injury to Saquon doesn't help right now. Uh, but even when Saquon was in there, it didn't really matter. This team is who it is. And, and, and I will, I will say this again. And I I've been, I would say, say I'm going to pat myself on the goddamn back right now, Sam is I've been very, very nice to the rivalry or the rivals in my favorite team's division. I've been very nice talking very nicely about them, but I will never talk very nice about Daniel Jones because I think he's ass. And I will continue to say that until he proves me otherwise. Well, he's got scrambling yards and I've, I've heard all off season. Well, he's look at his numbers compared to, to Jalen hurts and Oh, they're close. And they're not. Listen, you are smoking some type of drug, some combination of drug. If you think that he equates to Jalen Hurts. Stop it. Please stop it. Stop. It's not the case. Daniel Jones duped the Giants, got this extra money. This team is not going anywhere with him being the quarterback. I still want to see. I'm going to give him time, but I, I don't I don't believe he's it. I really do not believe he's it. When they drafted I think, him, I didn't think that. I just, I just don't think this guy is it, period. Again, they did it to themselves. They did. And I understand why they did it, because they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. They mm-hmm. could be paying him $20 million this year, and they didn't pick up the option. I don't blame him, because, again, new GM, yeah. new head coach. Okay, we're not just going to blow up the whole season. Let's see if we can use Daniel Jones. And he didn't play poor enough to be let go and again what are the giants going to do you can't just get another i don't know who was even out there to get you know so so similar conversation that we just had three minutes ago so he i guess he duped them there i guess they had no other choice but it's it doesn't it's it's not great he's not a good quarterback he might be a a good fantasy quarterback in a couple weeks because he does rush very well yeah um but there's a lot of problems on this giants team and uh you know he's again gonna take the brunt of it because he's not playing well and he's the quarterback getting paid the most so. all right all right all right enough enough about the giants uh ugh. um <laughs> my power ranking sam says he has a question a lot of questions about it i got a lot of answers uh and i have reasons as to why i did it so i'm gonna do this uh as quickly but as clearly as I possibly can. At number five, this changed a lot. I have the Bills at number five. I have the Bills at number five because I do believe, I, I believe I had the Ravens last week at five. I also had the Cowboys in, in my top five. Uh, neither of them are there. Uh, the Ravens I moved out is because of this loss that they just had 
which against the Colts, as I said earlier, they should have beat a team with a backup quarterback. I understand that they have a lot of injuries, but that's also what's going into my factors of this is that they have a lot of injuries that are affecting them. And I'm talking both on the offensive side and defensive side. Uh, right now, I don't think they're they're in that top ranking. Their, their record says otherwise, but I just don't think with what they have available that they can do anything. Um, with the Bills, we saw they, they lost the opener. Uh, the, the Jets came out with uh, a lot of momentum with Rodgers. We obviously know how that happened, but they won with Zach Wilson. And since then, uh, the Bills have been able to win their next two games. Uh, and and I, I believe this has been a turnaround and awakening for them. It's kind of been quiet uh, with talks around them. And this is perfect for this team to not really be in uh, front and center because uh, every time they seem to be front and center and Josh Allen is – is all over the TV screen. It doesn't really bode well from what I've seen, uh, Sam, and what I feel. But I, I do believe they they always have that Super Bowl component. It's just they are running through Murderer's Row in, in the AFC because it's just a bunch of really, really good quarterbacks and teams. Uh, so they have moved into the fifth spot for me. Um, the fourth spot are the Chiefs. And the Chiefs could have been moved up. Um and depending on how this this Eagles game goes tonight, if they lose, then I would easily put the Chiefs ahead uh, of the Eagles uh, just because of the way that they've been playing and kind of dominating after their first loss uh, of the year uh, to open up the season against the Lions, who is a really good team. Uh, but the Chiefs have also not really played anybody, um, to be fair, but they are doing what they need to do against the teams that uh, – they should beat. They beat the Jags. Yes, but the Jags the kind of look shaky to start off the season. So they're the yeah, Jags are one and two. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? Yeah, no, they are. So they're they're one and two and they started off the season shaky. Yes, I believe you and I both believe where the Jags are gonna be later on this year in the playoffs, but currently where they're at, they're one and two. So I, I, they they could be still what we think they're going to be, but they could also take a step back this year. And I, I don't know. So just currently constructed um, and, and who they faced, I have the, the Chiefs there. Um, Eagles kind of the same thing, which is why I have them at three, is uh, the, the two teams that they, they have beat um, aren't really uh, the greatest teams. Uh, I, the Vikings being one of them, we, we also just spent a whole lot of time on the Vikings. So... So they were a contender last year. They potentially still could be a contender this year. Uh, but the way that, you know, they're currently playing right now, it's just eh. uh, so I, I kind of think about this just to give you a little insight. I kind of think about this like college rankings week week by week, like depending on who you play, uh, where they're ranked and the strength of schedule uh, kind of bases it off me when I start doing this. Uh, but again, the Eagles have a tough game right now against the Bucks, which I would have never said in the offseason would have been a tough game for them, but the Eagles also have not. They've lost five straight games against the Bucs. So the Bucs have had their number in recent memory. So we'll see what happens. Um, these top two teams, I really don't – I don't believe anybody can really argue with me about it, but you can if you want to, and I would gladly do this. The Niners at two, uh, Dolphins at one. Uh, to me, these are interchangeable. I don't – if you said the Niners were one, Dolphins were two – I wouldn't even argue, uh, but I think these are the top two teams in football right now. Offensively, defensively, uh, they just look like they are in midseason form, and the way 
we we've already talked more than enough about the Dolphins and and their speedy offense and how they're just able to create that separation. But uh, the Niners, the the best pickup that they they did uh, that is still paying dividends for them is trading for CMC last year, uh, and then they went and got Hargrave on the defense to to bolster up an already phenomenal defense. Uh, with with Bosa over there rushing the edge, one of the best uh, DNs in the league, um, and they have one of the best linebacking crews. Period. Two, um, and Brock Purdy. Uh, Brock Purdy, like Tua, they the, Sam said that Tua is really the only way that he sees that the Dolphins can go down. And I feel the same way with uh, the Niners because I, I, although we love Sam Darnold, I I don't I, I would have to see it <laughs> just because what we have seen about Sam Darnold. I don't know even if you plugging him in there would, would work, but it's possible. But what he's done, even in his second year, now there's more than enough tape. Uh, he's been super accurate and and has just that killer mentality. Uh, and and Tua, same. Uh, it, it's just it's still so awkward to see Tua release it from his left hand. I just really have to say that. It's just so weird to me. Um, but it works. And both of these teams right now look like they cannot be stopped. So that is my uh, top five power ranking right now. Um, you said you had questions. I hope I answered some, but if I didn't, shoot. No, Sam. you did. I just I I know these things are hard. I do it with with baseball, and mm-hmm. you, everyone's going to have an opinion about everything, no matter. You know, you can nail it, and it's still. But to, to have Dallas go from one to like not being on there, I guess my question would be: is where. And I hate that I'm even talking about the Cowboys, but I, I still think I think again, this week I think they're five. More of an outlier. I think they're five too. I think they'd be like five A, five B. I think they're five. Um, I don't I don't think they've fallen that far to be fair to them. Um, and I would have put that in there, but I I figured you were going to ask that question anyway, so I just left it as is. But I don't think they've they've fallen that far. I just feel that now we have to see they're a different team from what they were when they started the season because they lost their best player on defense. Well, their second best player on defense because Micah is their best player. They lost their second best player on defense that shores up that back end. And what he's done over the past few years to make this Cowboys defense one of the better defenses, um, that part is is such a huge loss. Like you losing one of your leaders is a big, big loss. And that showed in this first game. Um, Dak said it in what I in that statement that I read of you know they've they've gone through some adversity and he understands that that's a huge blow losing losing a guy like that like just think about when they lost him right how that completely changed the complexion of their season so I I want to see how they bounce back if they bounce back after losing him um, because that doesn't stop what they did offensively. Because offensively, they controlled, as you said, they controlled the ball so much, but yet they still look flat and they didn't, ha- they weren't missing their key players on offense. So is this who you really are? Because what you saw the first two weeks with the Cowboys was their defense really won those games. The pick sixes, the fumbles, scooping scores. It was their defense, defense, defense. The first game, the offense didn't have to do anything. The second game, you saw the offense a little bit more. You saw a little bit more for them in sync. Dak was getting the ball out quick. We talked about it, seeing the ball fly. This game didn't see any of that shit, period. So who are you? Because now it's three weeks that we've seen you. Who are you as a team? 
I feel they're still in the top five or top six. Uh, they're, they're right around there. Um, and they can easily go back to that. But I want to really see them now going forward against some real teams. That's what I really want to see. That's it. Gotcha. All right. Nice. Top, Said top a lot five there. power rankings. Said a lot there. Um, that was a lot. Good job. Thank you, bud. Uh, so, Sam, we uh, we have our up to this point for our, our, our three weeks. You said this is excluding Monday Night Football. Um, this is from week three. Sam, you went nine and five. I went Picked seven and seven. Down. Yeah, you're, you're, you're making a comeback. Um, IG went nine, four and one. Uh, so our records thus far um, this week or this year. Um, year to date, as Sam alluded to last week, <laughs> uh, before Monday Night Football tonight, uh, Sam is twenty-eight and seventeen. I am twenty-eight and seventeen, and IG is twenty-four uh, wins. Uh, so that is Sam has closed the gap. He is has pulled even. I don't like that. Uh, so let's see if we can change that now. Uh, our Week Four picks. Both Sam and I have the Lions at the Packers, which is the Thursday Night Football game, which is going to be a really, really good game. Um, super looking forward to that Sunday Falcons Jags. I'm not going to lie to you, Sam. We both have the Jags. This I definitely close, took man. some time staring at this yeah. one. Um, yeah. cause the Falcons just lost and I don't think they're going to lose too many back to back games and the Jags just lost. So I, I don't think either one of them want to lose back to back games like that. And neither of them, I can see doing that too much this year, but let's see what happens from there. Uh, Rams at Colts. Sam has the Rams. I have the Colts. Uh, why do you have the Rams? I just think they're a better team. Okay. Uh, and I wouldn't have said that. I actually I thought going into the season, both these teams are really bad. I mean, Vegas did. We all did. Uh, I've liked what I've seen from the Rams the first two weeks. Now, mm-hmm. Monday Night Football has not started yet. We're right before the games here recording. So, you know, that could obviously change. But I just think they're a better team. Who knows if Richardson will play, but. No, it'll be a tough game on the road, but I'm going to go with the Rams. I went with Colts because I don't know if Anthony Richardson is going to be back. And if he is, I do feel like he is the reason that they will win. Uh, they just, as we talked about earlier, uh, one with Gardner Minshew. They have a really good team. Um, I, I believe in Shane Steichen. He's going to uh, game plan any way he can and make it better uh, for whoever's out there and give them a fighting chance. Uh, he is a brilliant, brilliant offensive mind. So I think they're they're good uh, no matter what. I know McVeigh is on the opposite side, and he's also very, very good. Uh, but I, I have to – I continue to believe in, in Richardson and what he does because that young man has been phenomenal when he's out there. Um, Ravens at Browns. Sam has the Ravens. I have the Browns. The reason why I have the Browns is because the Ravens have too many injuries, and that is scaring the hell out of me. Uh, I, I don't know. And that seems to have been the Ravens are the Yankees of the NFL uh, because every year on paper, they look like a team that could go somewhere and there's so many injuries. And it's just like, well, it could have been something. Um, so, yeah. I, and also the way the Browns have been playing quietly, the Browns have been playing extremely well, Sam. And and Deshaun Watson played really well this week. And I don't think it's being talked about that much because, you know, one particular person this week, Took all the headlines of uh, sports, but we'll we'll get to that. But uh, why do you have the the Ravens? Yeah, this one took took a minute too. Yeah, uh, to think about. I just think the Ravens are a better team, and it comes down to I know the Browns just demolished the Titans, 
and the the Ravens lost a, a tough one, but yeah, I just think they're a better team and better coaching, and they'll they'll play better. That's just my thoughts here. But I again, it took a little bit with going back and forth, so I, I don't think you're wrong. I just I don't have conviction with mine either. It's a trap game, and it's also a rivalry yeah. game, so it's going to be a lot closer. No matter what, rivalry games are always closer. So uh, I, I feel is is going to go down to the wire. Um, Vikings Panthers. I we both have Vikings. I don't think this game is going to be close. I honestly do not. I don't think it's yeah. Gonna be Bryce close. Young or Andy Dalton. It doesn't. I don't yeah, think it doesn't matter. matter. Yep, it does not. Um, Bengals at Titans. Uh, I, I, something that I, I is just kind of like a running loser for me, and I, we haven't really talked about is is the Titans. I feel like the Titans are just a big loser. There is this. This energy that used to be around them and this team that that was a uh, Super Bowl contender and they have fallen so far behind. It's probably because they have a quarterback in uh, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, you you know, when I said that conversation earlier about like, when is it time to get rid of somebody? It's been time to get rid of Ryan Tannehill for like two seasons already. But here they are. They're, they're quietly trying. I mean, yeah, well, they they need to loudly do it. Um, <laughs> Bucks at Saints. Uh, you have the Bucks. I have the Saints. Why do you have the Bucks, sir? I just, uh, based on again, the Bucks have not played yet uh, today, week three. But I just think they're they're playing really well. And as you mentioned earlier, to to even think of saying that uh, this year was I, I'm surprised by it. But just think they're they're a better team. I like this uh, playing better right now. I like the Saints team, but again, I'd be surprised if the winner of this division is over 500. Uh, the Saints get Alvin Kamara back. That's right, they I, do. Yeah. Huh? They do. You're right. I forgot about that. Yep, Saints get Alvin Kamara back. So that's that's why. It's going to be enough, more than enough energy uh, just surrounding that, and they are already playing uh, extremely well. Uh, but I also, I don't know what the extent of car's injury is and so with that that's my little little caveat if he's not if he's not well for this game i don't know what he actually injured but if he's not well then i'm definitely going with the bucks for sure but ac joint and a shoulder he's week to week i guess okay so it might be i'm i'm switching my pick to the bucks right now uh, actually no i'm staying with the saints because i love their defense anyway um Dolphins at Bills. We both have the Dolphins, which this week is going to have a lot of good games. A lot of good games. Um, Browns at Bears, a.k.a. the Poop Bowl. Um, Broncos, at Bears. <laughs> Broncos at Bears, excuse me. Um, Poop Bowl Express. Uh, I put my pick as Yuck. Sam put his pick as the Broncos. I'm really going to put it as Yuck, too. Before. You did. You did. And you just changed it on me now. Uh, but. Uh, I guess if I have to choose a team, I'm I'm with you on that. It's the Broncos. I really just wish I didn't have to pick this game at all. These two teams were beat by 81 combined points. Yeah, last week. Not good. Not good. Commanders at Eagles. This is one week that I actually can finally wear my uh, apparel. The rare the rare occasion I can wear my Eagles gear on a day that we're recording. Um, but I got the birds. Go birds. And so does Sam. Uh, Steelers at Texans. This is a very interesting game, too. Uh, Steelers beat the Raiders uh, on Sunday. 
Texans, as we talked about earlier, they they are uh, one of the surprises right now. Uh, I Sam's got the Steelers. I have the Texans. I have the Texans just because of CJ and what they've been doing down there. Uh, but it was hard for me not to choose the Steelers with what's going on with my uh, defensive player of the year, uh, TJ Watt, and what he's been doing and that defense has been doing. But I, I assume that's probably along the lines of why you chose the Steelers, Sam. Yeah, I mean, I think the quarter CJ Stroud's obviously been playing a lot better than the Steelers' offense and Kenny mm-hmm. Pickett. It's a Mike Tomlin thing to me, and no disrespect to D'Amico Ryan or what they're building in Houston. We just spoke really highly of all that. I just I don't have a any real strong conviction, so I'll just back the team coached by Mike Tomlin. That's a smart move. Um, Raiders at Chargers. Uh, we both have Chargers. Jimmy G is in uh, concussion protocol, so he probably won't be playing at all. Uh, and uh, I really feel bad for Devontae Adams, even though I appreciate him because he's just helping my fantasy team go off. Uh, cards at Niners, even though the Cards just did what they did this, this past week, uh, they are not going to do that against the Niners. But this is a rivalry game, so I'm sure it's going to be good. I, I'm also sure of there being a fight in the stands uh, because that seems what to happen at every uh, Niners game. So uh, what's the linebacker's name? Fred, right? What's, what's his name? Fred Warner. Yeah, I wonder how his wife is feeling right now because she talked a whole lot of shit about the Eagles and said that all they do is fight there. And every Niners game this year, there's been an absolute fight. So, um, yeah, about that. Uh, Patriots, I keep receipts, Sam. Patriots and Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys win this, and I think they win this uh, very easily, uh, even though the Patriots – uh, defense has been really, really well, uh, played really, really well thus far this year. Uh, but Sam and I both have the boys winning this Sunday night football. Sorry, Sam. Uh, Chiefs at Jets. Uh, I'm sure. Would you have gone to this game if uh, Rodgers was playing? I mean, would I? Yeah, I would. Okay. Um, every year, it seems like there's a couple of teams that have really high hopes, and then there's a big quarterback injury and or they're not playing well. And then we get stuck watching them on prime time a million times. And this year it's that Jets team and might be that Giants team too, as, as two of the contenders that have too many primetime games based on the records. Yeah. Hopefully they change that up. Uh, but but yeah, this, this would be fun. I'd rather be home watching a football game, but same the experience is, is cool. Um, but I am thinking about going to the Eagles, uh, the Dolphins Eagles game. Nice. Uh, I don't know, though. We'll see. Uh, Monday Night Football, Seahawks at Giants. Uh, I think it's an overwhelming Seahawks thing here for both of us because uh, we don't have any faith in the Giants. So that those are our picks this week. And uh, let's get into some college football. Let's not even hesitate. Uh, the biggest story, uh, because it's been the biggest story in football, period, is the Colorado Buffs. Uh, unfortunately, uh, they lost against Oregon. And when I mean lost... I mean, Oregon put a absolute beating on them. Um, I, I, to me, uh, as a as a fan of Dion, but just a fan of of the sport, uh, the Rockies already. I mean, the Rockies, <laughs> uh, uh, Colorado Buffs ha- have already won the season uh, because they only won one game last year. That's number one. So they're ahead of the curve with that. Uh, this has been in a masterclass on how to recruit and i'm telling you right now next year they are going to be 
this is not going to be the same team next year. And I mean that in a great way because Dion has said on several occasions, there's seven to eight dogs away from being there and that we're coming. And he's continued to say this. And for those that don't understand what he means by that is there was a lot of players that he got through the transfer portal this year and NCAA the whole stopped. team he got through the yep. transfer portal. Yep. Yeah. The, but there's, there was key players missing from their O-line and NCAA has stopped several of them from playing. So they missed out on some guys that would probably be all Americans uh, that they couldn't get uh, due to the NCAA and whatnot. So that was, that's a part of it. But regardless, they got outplayed. And Dion humbly said it. He said, we just got beat on every in every facet of the game uh, and gave props to them and didn't even bat an eye when he did it. He said, we just got to be better. Uh, it, it sucks that there was no Travis Hunter because that would have absolutely helped because he is damn near unguardable. Um, and this young man still won't even be back. And they they immediately go right into playing USC the week, yeah. which is going to be not easy at all. Uh, but to give love to Oregon, they they played like they were the underdog, even though they were not. They were the favorites, uh, and they they just put up points and they did not stop. They just looked faster from the first the opening snap to the last snap. They just looked faster in every single snap, and it, it was just wild to see the difference there. But I believe that's not going to. Uh, be the case in in the future definitely next year but there's still a whole year left yeah it's uh you you nailed it i mean no one it was it's been a nice story it will still be a nice story i this team's not you know going to the championship or the playoff yeah uh, this year i think everyone knows that but uh it's it's nice to it's a refreshing kind of story and i can understand where the bulletin board material is there and they've made Dion has made the team and him an easy target. And that's, again, that's just, that's always been prime. He's That's always been his, his thing. And again, if you can play and you can win these tough games and play well, then then shoot your shot. It's fine. It's good. Um, I, I did like the, uh, again, your Oregon playing like underdogs, the whole like they're playing for clicks, we're playing for wins kind of thing. This isn't Hollywood. Like it's easy to get, a team up for beating a team like this where the you know the real not the realist but the 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 old time college football fans are kind of just like let's humble these guys and put them in their place and i can under i understand that dynamic but again it's it's a much bigger picture here than just they're not going undefeated and playing in the championship game. It's just not how it's going to work. I just find it funny that all these people are talking the talk and saying, well, yeah, they needed to do this. They're doing it for all of us. Uh, first off, uh, when the coach, uh, what is his name? Uh, Lanning? Is his like Lanning? Or uh, Lanning? Yeah. Uh, when he said that they're doing it for clicks. Um, I don't know if you've, you've seen this or not, Sam, um, but how many jersey combinations does Oregon have? Uh, they've never played the same one because Phil Knight uh, basically just gives them whatever they want. Okay. Um, they have one of the uh, best uh, facilities for their football team. Uh, same for basketball, but we're talking about football. They came out in cleats that change uh, based on the temperature or whatnot. So you're telling me that you guys don't do anything for clicks? <laughs> I mean... Uh, 
you literally have all these jersey combinations and you think that's not a part of the scheme to to attract players it's a it's all for that why do you think he also said that we we're glad that everybody is watching us and watching them and they're watching us he's saying that because this is going to be their biggest opportunity for everybody to see them and be like oh yeah we can go to this school this that was a big recruitment tool so I, I just find it to be funnier that and all the people that are out there talking about Coach Prime and blah, 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 he makes it about him. And you clearly are not watching because Travis Hunter actually even said today that he wanted to play and, and text Coach Dion that he wanted to play. And Coach Dion, Coach Prime said, yeah, you're not playing until you're healthy. I love you. He said, you're going to be super talented, but I'm not going to put you out there. Any of his guys, for those that don't watch from and don't know what he did that in Jackson State, is that any player that's injured, he does not let them play for up to three to four weeks after. Like if they're day to day, he lets makes them sit. So he knows that they're fully healthy and fully good to go because he wants to make sure that they're taken care of. He doesn't just put them out there if they're okay to go. So there's more to this, but everybody's just going to take the service because they love to hate Dion. And Dion, that's fine. Dion loves that. But remember, he is the greatest cornerback of all time. And he's also won multiple Super Bowls. And he is considered to be, if not, the greatest athlete to ever play sports, period. So he's used to this. He is who he is, and he's always backed it up. Oh, I also didn't mention probably the greatest thing that he'll say is he's a great father. So have fun doing what you have to do. Yeah, man. Power rank your kids. There yep. you go. Have, have fun. Do what you have to do. Um, another huge game. Uh, that happened. Sex, so you can't win. You can't win getting sex seven times. So yeah, well, got to fix that line. Yeah, well, that's sucks when your your starting o-line is uh still in the draft portal essentially waiting to come over next year um ohio state beats notre dame uh south bend 17 14 uh think ohio state is is finally putting it together now they're starting to get uh their identity I, as i as i said to uh, a friend of the show uh brian farkas uh, i uh i said all you really need to do is just throw the ball to marvin harrison jr um because that will solve a lot of your problems but uh outside of that they, bit, they yeah. still do have to worry about some stuff um they were definitely motivated by things that were said and you can see that in, in the post uh, conference uh lou holtz uh stated something earlier in game day and and ryan day heard it and he made sure that he addressed that at the end and it was super super passionate i don't know if you saw it or not sam but it was it was a crazy interview after uh but ohio state pulled this one out ohio state was ranked four uh notre dame ranked nine uh very very good game i actually didn't even get to like sit down and watch it live i just watched like uh the quick highlights on youtube uh to see it but it was really really good yeah my friend and i watched this at um at a bar on saturday night and ohio state drove in 90 seconds drove down 65 yards and had a really short TD with one second left. It was it was a lot of fun. I didn't watch it with sound on, but and we weren't at in a sports bar per mm-hmm. se. But it was it was uh, it was an impressive drive and it was a tight game. And you know, again, these the these teams, these uh, elite teams, find a way to get it done. And uh, you know, I'll shout tell out you to what, Coach Day for that. I'll tell you what sports bar we need to go to when it opens is uh, Tiger Woods and. Uh, Justin Timberlake's sports bar that's opened up in New York City. Um, That's going to be very, very interesting. It looks really, really good. Bowling alleys in there. uh, Golf simulator. Uh, I think there's, I forgot how many TVs are in there, but it's a good amount of TVs. Yeah, it's like a whole New York City block or something like that. Yeah, it looks pretty wild. I I like that. Um, Florida State 
uh, who is ranked number three, wins against Clemson, number 23. Clemson has not been the same in the past few years, if you've been paying attention. Uh, but they beat them in overtime, 31-24. Uh, they didn't. Clemson was winning the whole game. Florida trailed it basically until the fourth quarter uh, and was able to tie it up. Florida has some absolute dogs out there. This all but surely knocks Clemson out of the playoffs. This was really their last chance of giving themselves a fighting chance to even be uh, uh, commended or recommended uh, for the playoffs because they were going against the number three team in the nation. And if they would have won that, then they would have definitely had a chance to do it. Um, but it's it's over for them. I don't know what's going to go with Dabo, but... Yeah, it's kind of like a... I won't say total changing of the guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, Clemson has been in an elite college program for a while wow. now, yeah. going back from, you know, even Deshaun Watson, even before that. But, um, yeah, Florida State played played really well. So that AC, you know, they're looking like the top of the ACC. They are. Jordan Travis, their quarterback's been, you know, in the Heisman conversation all year. He didn't disappoint. Couple touchdowns, little under 300 yards, made a made a big uh, throw in, in overtime. Made a lot of nice throws throughout mm-hmm. the game. It was a fun game to watch. Um, and yeah, this Florida State team's uh, for real. They look really good. I'll tell you what's changed since you said you don't you don't know what necessarily changed. What's changed is the transfer portal has changed a lot of these powerhouse teams from being what they used to be. Because Bama doesn't look as strong as it once did. Yeah, they're still ranked uh, fairly high, but. They're not ranked in the top three where they they used to be. This is, has changed with the transfer portal, and I'm telling you right now, it's going to continue to change. So just just watch out for that. Um, yeah, I mean they're still recruiting really well. Of but course, it's just of course they don't have the upper hand. And, no, not at all. And the nil money, I know Saban's been bitching about that for a while. Whatever, get over it. Get yeah. over it, Nick. It's this, these this kids are the going to get paid. These kids need to get paid. They should have been getting paid all the years. It's a law. Yeah, it's yeah. not even the rule. It's the law. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Sorry, Nick. Sorry that you're still stuck in the old ways. Um, Let's get into do you care uh, so we can bring one of our old ways back to this. Uh, for number one on do you care, the Raptors, are you ra- Are you confident the Raptors uh, can get past Miami if past Miami in a trade for Dame? So you're asking if they can get Dame? Is this what you're asking? I, there was a report that came out yesterday and another one that came out today that Raptors brass feels like they are, they are quote confident that they can put together a better package and get Dame Lillard to play in Toronto. Do you care? Do you think? And then the follow-up would be like, do you think this happens? And then my question is what would it take to get that done? We all know that Miami doesn't have a lot to give, but it's where Dame wants to go. So that he clearly has leverage there. Well, the rumors that I keep hearing, and I've said it before, but I, I also heard this doubled down now is with the mystery teams that are out there. There's a mystery team in the East, apparently, that's contending. I don't know if it's the Raptors or. Yeah, it might be. But I, no, but I've also heard now that the Celtics are in on this too, um, which that's why I'm saying I don't know who technically is the mystery team, but the Celtics, I, I'm hearing the rumors that it's the Celtics as well. Uh, I've heard very clearly that Dame has stated if he gets traded to any of these other teams that aren't Miami, uh, that they can expect him not to play and that he is going to immediately ask for a trade to get him to Miami. 
So I really think that that what needs to get this done to get him to Miami, because Miami does not have enough pieces, as you said, in, in order to keep the, some of the pieces that they want to keep there, uh, which is Jimmy and Bam. Uh, those are non-negotiables. Uh, but there's going to have to be a three-team trade or a multi-team trade in order for this to actually get done for certain compensation uh, for the Portland Trailblazers to feel that they're getting uh, the, the correct compensation. So uh, do I care? Yes, I care about this whole Dame thing because Dame is one of my favorite players and probably currently my favorite player in the NBA. Uh, it's him and, and Kyrie for sure. But um, I, I just think... <sighs> I, I don't know where how this is going to go. I just know, to your point, I just know where he wants to go, and I just don't know how this happens. I, I know Pat Riley is a is a genius when it comes to this stuff, but I just wish he would just hurry up and get done because I want him out of Portland because he's not going to win anything there. I, he looks great in that jersey, but it's just not going to be it. Yeah, it's it, what it comes down to for, and again, this player entitlement era or whatever it's whatever it is now, whatever it's turned into, but... The Portland doesn't have any real leverage here, um, and Dave Dame has been a model citizen there, and model franchise player. Right, he's kept his mouth shut. He's the cloud of speculation's been around him for years, and mm-hmm. he never said a word. And now, either quietly or publicly, he's saying, making demands like you just meant, uh, just said, like I'm going to Miami or else. So you know that kind of throws out any leverage there. So if it's a bunch of picks and Tyler hero and some other stuff to make the cap work, then that's probably what's going to have to be done. I don't, I don't know what the Raptors could do picks and OGN and Obi was what I saw. I mean, they're definitely not going to give up someone like Scotty Barnes, which if I were Portland, that's the first thing I would ask for. Yep. Um, so I yeah, it'll be I interesting to see what happens there. Uh, what I'm not interested in about, and you're asking me, do I care? And I'm going to give you every bit of my lasting energy in me right now. Um, Taylor Swift was at Arrowhead. Uh, was she? Hmm. I didn't see that. Was she? <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> she was at Arrowhead, and uh, she was there to see her current boo thing or a person she's talking to and Travis Kelsey, uh, who has famously shot his shot was going to, uh, try to give Taylor a bracelet with his number on it for him to contact her when she was performing at Arrowhead. So you put it out there, uh, basically tarot, uh, uh, excuse me, Taylor, I saw you perform and kill Arrowhead. Now I want you to come back and see me perform here. So she was up in, in his box with, his mom next to uh, her, which I also thought was hilarious because she yelled, uh, let's F and go. And it was right next to his mom. I was like, oh, that's a great way to start off the, the relationship is just cursing from mom. But I was like, but she she has two sons that 100 percent curse and we know it. Oh, yeah. So I was like, she's probably super accustomed to it. Uh, but they look like they had a hell of a time uh, up in the box. And uh, the question is, do I care? I don't because I don't care about Taylor Swift. <laughs> I never did. Never will. I don't care about Taylor Swift. Uh, she's an Eagles fan, apparently, uh, because she's from South Jersey. And, she, and um, from what I've been told is she she's has a lot of it. She's from Pennsylvania, wherever the hell she's from. <laughs> and, and I've heard that she has a lot of Eagles references in her songs. Uh, one, apparently, that she's talking about an Eagle, Eagles tur- shirt. And she referenced it when she was there in Lincoln Financial that she wasn't talking about the band. She was talking about the Eagles. 
Um, so apparently she's a fan of that. So I'll rock with her for being an Eagles fan. But if she's just going over because of him, whatever. Uh, moral of the story, I don't care, Sam. My phone has been absolutely blown up about Taylor. Yesterday was blown up by Taylor. Today has been blown up by Taylor. Uh, to the to the extent of the sneakers that she was wearing, which were New Balance 550s, which is yeah. I have a pair, not the colorway that she has because the colorway she has is ass. Uh, but the colorway that she did now it's trending on New Balance, it? and it's so disgusting because none of y'all I've watched. <laughs> Sam, I told you I had energy for this one on all the sneaker like pages on like complex sneakers and all this other stuff by the way you can check out some stuff on us by uh for the love of hype because we will be talking about this but they're they're talking you show like the swifties talking about how terrible those sneakers look and they're like well you know now that that taylor's wearing them i'm gonna go get me a pair stay away from our goddamn sneakers all of you just go wear something else don't come over into my world please i mean she's not wearing you know, panda dunks, you know, so it's well, like she, I mean, she could every other panda every dunks other, are for the like, birds. So she can wear them dunks. all she wants. Cause I don't care about that one. You know what I mean? No, like she Taylor Swift is the most recognizable person in the world. Probably the most popular artist in the world. It's crazy. I, she's not. I didn't say, I didn't say talent. I said, no, 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 I, no. You said most popular you person don't think in the she, world. You, she has she has her own economy she has her own like swarm of people like that i've never seen before from a marketing standpoint and i've worked in radio for a, mm-hmm. over a decade she has always done everything right and her team does everything right that tour has made billions of dollars and she just sets trends it's insane my my sister my wife all of their friends, all Swifties. It's insane. She got 35,000 people to vote the other day during National Registration Day. That's more than just would normally happen. I mean, just because Taylor Swift said, go vote. You know, it's like one of these things where it's just, she's just a force. And it, it's, do I care? I don't care. I mean, I care more like Travis Kelsey, like he shot a shot. It's like the ultimate, like, just shoot your shot mm-hmm. see what happens. Obviously, you or I doing that, it's one thing. I mean, Travis Kelsey has been the NFL's most eligible bachelor forever. Everyone loves Travis Kelsey. Oh, yeah, he's a first battle Hall of Famer, and his career is not nearly well, done yeah. either. So that helps. Um, it's just, you know, uh, it gets clicks. It gets stories. We're, you know, we're even talking about it. Um, I... We're I talking like about it because Sam put it on the docket. We're not talking about it because of me, because I would have refused to have talked yeah, about well, it. Yeah, well, you talked a lot more about it than I did. Yeah, because you more put to it, say it on here. Artist. You put it on here. I can't leave it. I can't just ignore it. Okay, Sam, you put it in front of me. It's like Ron Burgundy. You put anything on a Taylor Proctor, he's just going to say and re- recite whatever it is. Okay. I'm just going to say whatever I feel like saying at that point in time. Don't ever put Taylor Swift well, in I'm here again. Well, I'm saying this now. My wife knows who Travis Kelsey is now. And I wasn't entirely sure she knew that a week ago. So it's it's working. Mm, whatever. Watch, uh, watch the 87 red Chiefs jersey is going to be like the number one trending jersey by the end of the year. It's insane. Anyway. Hey, did you hear who's uh, who's performing at the Apple Music halftime show in Vegas? Yes, during the Super Bowl? I did. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
Does he have the voice to make your booty go smack? Oh, boy, Sam. Is that how that song goes? Okay. Hey, anyway, uh, Usher is performing at the halftime show. Do you care? Yes, I do. I'm very excited about it because he's one of my favorite artists of all time, and his catalog is phenomenal. So I will be paying very close attention to that. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. My buddy and I have already got a uh, prop bet in our head if it's available, but we think he's going to come out to my way. So that's our uh, our our prop bet in our head already. That's so a good one. I. I wonder what that would be. That's a good one to start off. I, had, I, mean, I thought I it was an interesting pick. Obviously, there would be, you know, more popular uh, current artists, but I think, like, clearly narrowing in on like the millennial demo, and we saw that with not only Rihanna last year, but Dre and and M and everybody um, for a couple years ago. I think you know. I think you're missing a key worked. part here. Usher has a residency in Vegas. I know. I was in Vegas three weeks ago. Well, you didn't mention it, so I did. Uh, that's the big part there for him is that he's right there, and he he has one of the most attractive shows at this point that seems to get a lot of uh, clicks on certain things, too. So I, I think that is a, a perfect thing for him, and it, it is, to your point, he's the demographic it, yeah. of who it feeds is, is millennials, so it's Perfect. That's who's going to be there in full force and spending the money and probably in those business suites and so on and so forth. So, yeah, makes sense. He's an incredible showman for sure. And our Instagram audience loved it too, like over 70%. So good. Good. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for yeah, it. It'll be a fun. All right, Sam, close this out. Hey, man. It's a pleasure talking sports with you. It's episode 109 of the Chasing Points podcast. Thanks for uh, listening. Tell your friends. Drop us a nice review on the uh, the podcast platforms. But for Brandon, my name's Sam. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back. New episode next Tuesday. So check it out. Until then, peace. I get to say this today because they're playing. Go, birds! <laughs>